You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You are I've now listening to, to the Hot Take Hotbox. Because a vision softly creeping. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Left hot its box. seeds while I was sleeping. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Take Hotbox. I don't even know what episode it is, and I frankly don't really think it matters. It is uh, your fresh episode off of a one of the most disappointing endings of a season that I've I've had as a Sixers fan in quite some time. I, I, I although I ultimately knew how this was going. I mean, if you probably listened to a podcast I made back in October, I knew that this was going to happen. I knew I would convince myself that it wouldn't happen because I'm a fan, but ultimately. We knew that this was going to be the result. And for any uh, inbred Boston fans listening to this, you're going to lose too. And I honestly, truthfully, don't care if you do or not. Uh, I just, I, I don't think about you. I think a lot of those Boston losers thought that we were upset that we lost to them. It's more of the fact that what we have wasted all of our time building around has never, ever even come close to... Uh, the the fruits of our labor have never come to uh, bloom or whatever the fuck that stupid saying is. I don't care. I'm here with Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling on this uh, this uh, obituary Monday, I guess you can say? Dark Monday, <coughs> if you will. This is episode 111. Thank so, you. There you uh, go. Shout out to us. Really put some numbers out there, huh? Hell yeah. We, uh, we've, think a lot of episodes have been put out there. That's not even the shoulder of, strikes. Uh, I mean, there's like 200 there's total episodes. 107 of them. Yeah. So, uh, our last <laughs> our last one was on uh, May third. The Sixers shocked the sports world with a game one victory in Boston. There you go. Uh, it seemed like we were doing so well, right? <laughs> uh, not much is a lot has changed in what uh, twelve days, not even two full weeks. Uh, yeah, brutal, brutal. It's something that a lot of us sadly predicted, and there's a lot of uh, optimistic Sixers fans in general. Um, there was even optimistic Sixers fans when we went ten and seventy two. So you know, there's a lot of uh, Delusional cats, and even some of them, some of those guys, my dad included, was like, "Yeah, this this series is over." I'm like, "Damn." Uh, meanwhile, I'm like, you know, honestly, I think we can win. We were seven and a half point underdogs in Game Five, and I was like, "Damn, we're probably fucked." The line's this big for a reason. And we come out here, and you know, we smoked them. They dominated and that it, game, and it was what six and a half, seven and a half uh, in Game Seven. I was like, "Man, I think I'm going to take this." I, I didn't bet anything. Um, I had to take the week off, unfortunately, after a brutal last week, but um. I was like, yeah, honestly, I think we can do it. Like, everybody's saying we can't win, and that makes me really think that we can. And, uh, yeah, it didn't – I mean, was it maybe the first quarter – like, the, the 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 first nine minutes of the game was, was, was fine, right? And then uh, even the, argue the first, the, first quarter, the whole first half. I mean, they, they, they kind half, of yeah. folded in the second quarter, but they, they were still in it, you know? Uh, right. And I guess let's, let's just quickly, before we get strictly into Game 7, let's just go through some of the games of this series and uh, the ups and downs – uh, we, we like we said we talked about game one. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, we did a full game one breakdown after because we were. Uh, I mean, I know for sure I was fired up, and I know Ty was. I mean, we, we're lifelong Sixers fans. We've been rooting for this team since. Uh, unfortunately, we grew up when Allen Iverson was here, and we now. I think that was a curse. I was thinking about this the other day. It was an absolute yeah. curse because <laughs> I, I may be able to kind of distance myself from them, but they gave me so much joy as a as a young child that I don't think I can ever really like walk away from them. I remember being a a little white kid in South Jersey wanting to have cornrows cuz I yeah. just wanted to be like Allen Iverson. I wanted to have the sleeves. I want like 
he's my favorite player probably of all time if I really sit and break it down and think about it. So I've been, and some of my greatest sports memories are going to games and watching him play drop 50 against, I think he dropped 56 or 58 against the Rockets one night when I was in there in an overtime like thriller. It's You can go through your whole life and it just all comes back to how Allen Iverson really just gave like our whole generation of fan like life. So and he had absolutely nothing to really work with. No, like if you just looked at the roster that we had, I remember I it was two thousand I think two thousand one or two thousand three. I used to have all these random like little sports, uh, just little memorabilia as a kid. And there was one that was just the two thousand one roster. It was like on a piece of paper, and I was like, I would go back and look at the just look at the roster. I'm like, damn, just look at some of these guys. They don't look like NBA players. Todd McCullough and uh, the other big white dude, Matt Matt Geiger. Bradley, Matt Geiger. I'm like these guys. Look like, you know, one of my friend's dads who's terrifying because they're large men. But, like, I mean, you know, you got Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant out there. And that's 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 what we're doing to Kemi Matumbo. Like, he was cool and all, but. <laughs> Aaron McKee, he, he, Eric Snare, Jumaine Jones. Like, it's. Jumaine Jones. We had no shooters. Uh, McKee, McKee was solid, right? He was a six man, man but year. he couldn't shoot for shit. I don't think Eric Snow could shoot for shit. Nope. Um, and we didn't want to draft Paul Pierce or Dirk Nowitzki. I can name all these random guys from that team because it's literally hey, like that team is engraved in my mind. Yeah, like Tyrone Hill. Uh, that's another guy. Tyrone Hill, scary yeah, looking. He was gentleman. quite yeah, old. <laughs> seriously, like it's. But it, imagine if Dirk Nowitzki or Paul Pierce could have played alongside uh, Alan I. Or imagine if Larry Hughes just panned out to be the player he honestly kind of was in Cleveland. Uh, I we probably could have won. You know, maybe randomly one year, but. So we say anyway. all that to, to start just to let you know where we come from, okay? Then they – obviously the process – I'm not getting into that again. I'm not doing that. Whoa, it that it's, a, it's a failure. Like I, all the people did are just painting it with a broad brush, acting like Sam Hinkie didn't get forced out by the NBA halfway yeah. through his um, – you know, before he was even able to really do what he, he came here to do. Uh, everyone acts like his Meanwhile. whole his whole plan was to lose for the rest of eternity and just fucking burn all this draft picks. Like Colangelo yeah. just came in here – and with a full bank and just burnt through every every asset that that guy had spent time building up. But let's just go back. Game two, all right? They come out. They really have no life. Embiid comes yeah, back off torched. the injury, and they get torched. And, and you knew. He's like, Embiid looked okay, but you already knew after they lost that game one that the Celtics were going to come out and give them their best in game two. And it was re- that was really going to be a tough game to win. So it's 1-1. You can argue you did your job. You come back to Philly. James Harden, 2 of 14. By the way. In game two, of course. I mean, that's the most typical thing of all time. You already knew that was a part of it after he dropped forty-five in the first game. So, game three yeah, rolls around. Like, oh man, he he can score. Don't don't. Everyone said he can't score. I'm like, well, he can score, but he can also like you know do something like what he just did. Yeah. So, uh, game three, uh, MB gets the MVP trophies, crying before the game. Uh, you know, Arthur's <laughs> running out there. It's it's really like a truly great scene. It's like you're thinking as, as a Sixers fan, like. All the time we've put into watching these guys, we've watched Joel grow from just a kid with a with multiple foot injuries that he's never going to play, and all these all this shit that people used to say, and how much of a, how great of a player he has become since that time. Like it, it was truly like a, a special moment to watch. I, I I literally was almost like I was getting emotional. I'm sitting there watching. It. I'm yeah. like, this is like this is awesome, man. Like a, a dream realized that this guy had had for you know over a decade, and. They come out in that game, and they really, like, he played well. He really did. He had a good game that night. It was night. really only him and, and uh, 
Melton. Melton. Yeah, I was gonna say it was. Max he was four of sixteen. Harden was three of fourteen. Um, Harden had five turnovers as usual. Like Embiid had a couple, but um, yeah, Embiid did his thing. He got to the line. He had like I think five blocks. Um, it just they as a team, the Celtics made threes, and we. I I guess that game we did, but everything else we were missing. Um, it, it was just you know it looked good early, and then second quarter fell apart. Third quarter we we just couldn't really we just couldn't make uh, a game. We we just couldn't make a run. We couldn't really get a run in us. And you know they were getting minutes from fucking you know Jalen Brown and uh, Marcus Smart was hitting shots, and Al Horford had a, probably his, one of his best games of the series. After we were just all we were doing was like oh man we have to keep attacking him. Uh, who was it? I think it was uh, anytime Harden would just attack, uh, would get Al Horford on a switch. It didn't matter if he t- took a three or he just drove to the hoop. He was cooking Al Horford. Yeah. And this game, Al Horford played fucking well in Philly after NBA gets the MVP. And that, that that just felt deflating, you know? Yeah, and they just, as a team, it was, like you said, it was basically Embiid and no one really came to help him at all that game. It's Melton made some threes, but other than that, it was no no one was anywhere to be found. And that's so now you're down two one. You've given back the advantage that you had, and now it just kind of seems like same old Sixers basically. They yeah. come out in Game Four, and this is partially why I wasn't able to even do a podcast last week because my voice was cooked for about four. I swear <laughs> to God, like four days. Yeah. I mean, uh, they look so good. Game Four is one of the best games I ever been to in my life, and, and it's kind of taken away now the, the way it, it ended. But yeah. Game Four, uh, they were up sixteen. They blew the lead. They were down five with two minutes left. <laughs> And they came back and won. That's some of the best work I've ever seen Harden have, yep. uh, other than last year's Miami game and the, and the, the series and the, the game in this series. He was incredible. He really was. Like it, it, he seemed like we're. I'm not letting this team lose. Uh, you know, Embiid had nothing for them at the end of the game, and it was just Harden coming out of that timeout, going right in the bucket. PJ Tucker uh, making that N1 layup, get, getting in Embiid's face, basically saying like, "You need to wake up." Which yeah. is a little concerning that that even needs to happen, but you know that's a conversation we're probably going to have a little bit later. But at least we have somebody like PJ Tucker to do that. Which I know everybody wants to build a contract and the guy, and I, I'm you know I'm a critic too, but um, he's kind of the heart and soul. And uh, I mean, PJ Tucker that, has well outplayed his contract for this season yeah. based on strictly what he did in these playoffs. That's ex- he did exactly what you needed him to do. And it's just unfortunate that no one else came along with him. I mean, we'll talk about game yeah. seven, but he, he literally was leading the team in points for the, like the, basically the first half. I mean, he was on fire. He's making threes. Yeah. He was doing everything. So they win that game four off of a Harden uh, three in the corner off of a double team by, uh, I believe, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Harden makes the shot that he usually hasn't made in the past. And they... You know, they, they basically steal a game that in the past they would have folded, rolled over, and lost, and the series would have been over in probably five or six. And that was another example of maybe this team is a little different. Maybe this is not the Sixers of old. Maybe this is the, the, this is something different. I, I feel it. I, I want it to happen. And maybe this is it. And, and, you know, then game five comes along. All right? They were riding that, that momentum. And they just blow the they, they they play their best game of the season. They just blow the Celtics out. I mean that from from the opening tip. That game wasn't even close. It really wasn't. From like you said, the opening tip. I mean, midway through the first quarter, I think they're up by ten, and I don't even think it really gets close from there on out. It, it was like maybe eight, maybe like like they they whittle it down a little bit. But every time they did that, Maxi or somebody would come up with a huge shot. 
Harden didn't have to really do much that game. They played a great, thoroughly great game. Uh, Al Horford, 0-7 from three. Yeah. And we're on, uh, Marcus Smart, 2-7 from the field. So we're like, oh, man. And Jason Tatum, I think, was still riding that, that wave of he hadn't scored a, a first-quarter point since game three. From game, uh, I think it was four, five, and six he didn't score in the first uh, yeah. quarter or something like that. So we're, you know, I, I, this is when we all thought, like, oh, man. Like, this I, is it. I didn't really hear many people say it's over, but, like, a lot of people are like, yo, like, we got game, we're up three, we're up three, two, we're coming home, we're fucking, everybody's looking good, Maxi just played well finally, and Bede's on a roll, and it, it just seemed like Daniel House, for some reason, was, what a was great playing. What play by and, Daniel and, House, uh, by Doc Rivers, that's one of Doc Rivers' best moves of the whole postseason, honestly. I was like, wait a minute, I didn't even know this guy was still, I thought he might have been in a coma or something. Um, we tampered to get him. You know, one of the best offseason moves ever. I mean, when you have a chance to get somebody like that, you have to hit, you have to really tamper for Daniel House. I mean, come on. You know, like, I can't That's believe a, that uh, was a thing. Daryl Morey, I can't wait for him to see his day. Um, but yeah, I was extremely confident. And, you know, knowing me, I, I'm never really confident. So, um, and then just fell apart. Game six is, uh, yeah, they come out flat. They go down thirteen to three to start the game. Marcus Smart's making threes, and you know, uh, basically everybody but Jason Tatum is making shots. Jalen Brown's looking. I mean, Jalen Brown's a great player, man. He carried them for portions of the series when those other guys really weren't playing well. I mean, I think it was game. It might have been either game six or game four. One of the games I was at, he didn't miss to start the game, and I was like, what? "Like this guy is electric right now." He had like twelve of their fifteen, like something crazy. Where I'm like, "Dude, they have to do something to stop this guy." Uh, mm-hmm. But that game six, they're down, they're they're down by seven and a half. They come back, they take the lead, uh, and then they just they completely go flat in the fourth quarter. Like it, it seemed like outscored by Tatum. Yeah, they're outscored by Tatum completely in the fourth quarter. I think they scored thirteen points total in the fourth yep. quarter. And uh, you know, Embiid right after the game, throwing everybody under the bus but himself, uh, seemingly, and uh, that's just a, a, uh, a theme. A theme that continues to carry on into Game Seven, and uh, yeah, I mean they they blow, they blow an ultimate opportunity to close that series out. Yeah, it's he had more turnovers than field goals made in forty three minutes. Like they weren't really playing guys off the bench. George Niang made it made his two threes, and that was it for him. DeAnthony Melton, he was killing horrible. Them. When he was in the game, uh, not just missing everything, missing open looks. Harden was 0-6 from three. We were 8-34 from three. They were 15-35. Uh, Brogdon and Derek White off the bench doing what they were doing, what role players are supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, Tobias Harris, one of seven. In 42 minutes, he took one three and made one shot. Yep. In 42 minutes. Make, After making that, $35 was like, million dollars a year. I was like, man, I think it's probably just – it's – it was just so def- de- de- uh, deflating. Like even going into the fourth, I was like, you know what? I don't know, but it's close. And yeah. I remember I was uh, I was at I was watching this at the infamous dog bar uh, downtown with a lady friend, and we were. Uh, she was like, "Oh my god, look!" And I'm like, "Yeah, uh, we're up. I I, I'm, I can't believe it." And then she's like, "Oh no!" And we just look over, and it's just uh, Jason Tatum just going nuclear. Yeah. Um. And we are some of the looks, man. Some of the some of the shots, some of the offensive sets, all of the offensive sets, late in games make zero sense with this team. And I, I you can blame the coach for not drawing up plays, 
what about these players for just giving literally lackadaisical effort? Uh, and the thing is, they they got some really good looks in the end of, towards the end of that game. They just yeah, like some of them, like Melton, like airballing a three uh, in the corner, and I think he got like. I think it was like five minutes left or six minutes left. He got like two consecutive looks on possessions and like wasn't even close. Wasn't like rimmed in and out or he just made like not even close where he was just basically like you have to sit him down. Like you're, if Tobias you're not giving Harris us that, you're doing nothing. Had the same amount of points as Jaden Springer did. Yeah. Uh, Tobias really for a stretch of this series was irrelevant. I mean, especially in that game six, that's, that, that's what ultimately you're going to come back to. And game six and game three are the two games that you should have won. That you should have yeah. taken back and would have gotten you to the next round. All you need to do is win one of those games and, and you're playing the Miami heat in the Eastern conference finals. And you doc rivers, James Harden all by yourself, you know, doc gets himself another year and James Harden probably gets himself a long-term contract because Everyone's happy, even if it doesn't go their way. For sure. After that, it, it really and you, like, and you figure with Hero still being out, that's a key element for that team. Like I, you know, say what you want, but I I give us the advantage all day. I think we can Miami beat them Heat. for sure. I, I it's it's not I like think Boston's going to beat them. I think Boston's so, going to have their way with them. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, so then they lose that game. They go to Game Seven. All right, now we're here. Uh, they come out in the first quarter and they're on fire. You know, they, they at least they, they look like they're on fire. Uh, PJ Tucker's making corner threes. Uh, Embiid is kind of a little passive, but he doesn't really need to be aggressive yet. And uh, it really just uh, kind of goes downhill. Uh, I mean, I heard a lot of people saying like the turning point was the Harden uh, flagrant uh, flagrant call, which I think is a horrible um, horrible call. But I don't think that that's a something that. Uh, Really, just ruined this game or ended the game or whatever, you, whatever excuse you want to use. It wasn't that wasn't it. I think it's the fact that our two star players in James Harden and Joel Embiid came out and didn't have any sort of urgency to play in this game. They yeah. really, they really had no, nothing. Uh, like they, they, it really seemed like they didn't care whether they won or lost this game. And I know that maybe, maybe not true, but viewed off of their play, especially. Like, I saw somebody say this, like, uh, you know, uh, and I uh, forgive me for if you're listening right now. I was one of my, one of the people I follow, like, I, this is on brand for James Harden to do something like this. He's done this his whole career, just checked out in big games. All, every game elimination six, game. game. Seven. Every time the pressure has been on, he has checked out. Now, Joel Embiid. Every, on every team. On every team he's every been on. Every single team he's been on. You're 100% right. No matter what the situation was, whether they're. Back in OKC. Yeah. They're up 3-2 against the uh, Warriors, whatever it is. He has yep. folded over and over again. He was part of that, what, 35 missed threes in a yes. row from the Rockets or some shit like that? Oh, yeah. Whatever that insane record. Him and Eric, uh, Eric Gordon were just trading absolute bricks, missiles they off were able the back to, of the They fucking... were able to build a, a hospital with the amount of bricks <laughs> that they were throwing up that night. Brand new Virtua. And... Joel, but the thing is, Joel Embiid. I didn't really think of that of him like in that manner. I always Insane. thought that at the very least he would bring it on both ends of the floor, offense and defense, and he would, you know, at least give us give us his all, whether it was good or bad. Try too hard, no matter what, he always laid it all on the line. When he when he played that Raptor series, he did everything he he could to to try and get them to advance. Uh, you know, and he cried after, and and it showed that he it mattered to him. He cared. This series, I mean, he really was just moping. These guys both were moping as soon as the second half started. 
and even into the into the beginning of the uh, of the second quarter, it just seemed like it started early on. The first thing that didn't go their way, they all just they the whole team melted down. Niang's grabbing Jalen Brown as he's on as he's walking into the that bench. Was, uh, he should just get cut just because just of stupidity, that. Stu- just pure what are you stupidity. Doing? I, I, Who do you just, think you are? And uh, I mean, it wound up being a net net nothing. It did nothing because they both yeah. got technical and they both they. they Celtics kept the ball, and it doesn't really matter, but just stupid. Just some more stupid shit that yeah. doesn't need to be happening. In Boston, now you're giving them the crowds Oh, now the crowds get behind them. You're, you're pissing Jalen Brown off, who really wasn't doing anything to begin this game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just really comes down to how disappointed I am with the effort. And I, I hate doing that. I hate being that guy, like being the, the just any, just questioning the heart and integrity and the effort of any of your players, because you would think, oh, they're professional athletes. They, you know, of course they want to win. Of course they want to be here. Of course they want to play hard. I didn't think, it really just struck me as, I didn't really think Joel wanted to win this game or wanted to put himself out there to do what it needed to be done to win this game. And I knew as soon as they lost, the injury excuse would come out. Oh, well, yep. he's playing with a torn LCL. Uh, look, you know, look, he'll, look, I mean, he, he did his is. best. Uh, whatever. The yeah. guy dropped Let's 34 in game four. I don't want to hear it. What did he get? Magically more injured in Game Five. Magically more injured in Game Six. It wasn't like he. I was okay. He was missing shots, and I'm mad at him. He wanted nothing to do with Al Horford. He was shook, man. He was getting clamped up, and you saw him just standing out at the Boston Celtic logo. Wanted nothing to do with a post up. Wanted nothing to do with anything. Our offense became very, very predictable. As it would just be a James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and roll, and neither one of them wanted the ball. Neither one of them wanted to shoot. If he got the advantage, James Harden would dribble into the paint and throw it out to, to someone in the perimeter, whether that be a fan, whether that be Dave Portnoy sitting at courtside, <laughs> or whether that be uh, PJ Tucker or George Niang sitting in the corner. It, it's yeah. just one of the most disgusting uh, ends of a season I've ever experienced as a Philadelphia sports fan of any sport where I was just disgusted in the effort of my team. And I guess I'll just kick it back to you just because uh, yeah. I could just keep going. <laughs> uh, no, you. I mean, you hit, hit the nail on the head with all of that. Uh, Joel Embiid, 5 of 14 from two, from two-point range, 5 of 14. Um, Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker combined for 30 points. So you're like, okay. They yeah, the role players kept more- them in that game. They did much more than I thought they had to do. Maxi didn't, you know, do too much, but he he wasn't awful, but he wasn't bad. Or, he wasn't awful, but he wasn't bad. Uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't good, but he wasn't awful. Um, he finally he did better than the last three games before that, that's for sure. But yeah, James Harden would drive and then throw it back out, and I'm like, okay, you're 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 getting to the paint, you're getting by your guy, now you're throwing it all the way back out, and Joel Embiid. I, I understand he's not really, really going to guard Jason Tatum well, you know, most of the time. But Jason Tatum's not uh, LeBron James. I'm not going to try to discredit him at all. But Joel Embiid was just kind of letting him just beat him, cooking him, not even get, just letting him go by him and giving no effort. Not even trying to get a chase down block. Not even trying to really contest. Kevin Love on when when he had to guard Steph Curry, he was doing anything he could do to just stay near him. Yeah, keep him in front. Game of him. seven performance. This is a game seven performance, and he just. I think Tatum had four threes in the third quarter. We had like seven all game as a team. Um, 
I mean, the one shot he hit where DeAnthony Melton was quite literally all in his face. I know he's taller, but you know, DeAnthony Melton was right in his face. He couldn't get any closer to him without blocking the ball, and he just it hardly hit net when it went down. It was it was insane. One of the craziest microwave heat check performances. You know, not maybe not in a while, but it, it was a that special was awesome. special performance uh, from him. We had ten points in the third quarter. One of the worst. That had to be probably one of the worst quarters in Sixers franchise history. How the fuck do you let that happen? How, how do you have that bad of a full quarter? Ten points. There's 12 minutes in a quarter. I think someone said that. I think I saw or heard that on the radio or something, that that's one of the lowest scoring quarters in the history of games. Like, so it was something like the Sixers set a record Man. for like the worst performance in a Game 7 like of any team ever in the history of the National Basketball Association. Well, I say bad press is better than no press, but um, yeah. pathetic. I think I think now you have to. This is what you have to do, right? I don't even know who's even the GM anymore. Is it Daryl uh, Morey? Okay. So, god damn, <laughs> who's above him? <laughs> uh, I, he is he is the man. That's it. It's Josh Harris. All right. Oh man, the Elton Brand. The, the recent Elton Brand somewhere. Is, Elton, is Elton Brand still around? He's right. Still I was say. Yeah, I don't know what he does. Um, I never knew what he did, besides when he was like a player coach. Yeah, besides but, um, basically making a, also, every bad move that the team has ever made has gotten blamed on him, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough Josh play. Harris also recently uh, just bought, who was it? The Commanders? Yeah. Yeah, shout yeah, out to them. So <laughs> He's trying to get every Philly sports rival team. Um, I think, I guess, you know, I, I guess we'll give Maury some more time. I have, the Pete, Rockets fans were out on, J, on Daryl Maury. Uh, a long time ago. So, you know, I think maybe we're giving him too much. What he needs to do is give Sam Cassell a shot, right? He's the assistant, yeah? Uh, yeah. D- uh, Doc Rivers needs to go. There's no reason, literally no, no reason question. at all to keep he, he needs to go. Uh, you could say maybe he's being a bit of a, scape- a scapegoat it. Sure. Uh, but he's also literally awful. I mean, he was g- <laughs> just, he needs to go. What it comes there's, there's down to long history of him being just not good enough. With I mean, look at the rosters he's had in his career as a coach. Jesus crazy. He's going to have like one of the most like uh, maybe the most wins ever or highest winning percentage ever, and it's going to be so funny because he is so bad. People are going to let this series cloud his judgment, cloud their judgment because he kind of had a couple good moves in this series, and they're going to yeah. say, "Well, it's not his fault." Uh, listen, he was and coaching Joe against a 34-year-old so... Joe Mazzulla. Like, and Joe Mazzulla <laughs> yeah. eventually figured it out halfway through the series. It was like, okay, this guy is a fucking moron. I, I can yeah. I can now coach this guy. Um, the thing with Doc Rivers is he has continually folded. He never makes any adjustments in these series, for the most part. Uh, In-game especially. Um, I mean, maybe in between games he decides, all right, got to play Daniel House or something like that. But other than that, he really – it seems like anytime another team makes an adjustment, we just keep doing the same thing. And a lot of his former players, I believe J.J. Redick included, who loves to just piss on the Phillies' grave whenever he gets the chance. Uh, yeah, real. we should really give him another standing ovation next time he yeah. comes to the city, you fucking <laughs> morons. But he, he just makes no adjustments whatsoever, and his offense was so predictable. We ran, like, no sets. We ran, The ball didn't – I don't know who – I don't even know what they do. Fault or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. what they run on offense. I don't know if that's a James Harden where he's just a cancer and that's, like, the only way he knows how to play basketball or, like, Joel is just such, like, a give-me-the-ball guy and it's just, like, these guys don't want anyone else involved. 
I really don't know what it is, but at the end of the day, you, you can't continue to run back the same thing. You can't do three years in a row of these guys and expect people like I already know what my boy that I go to the games with, shout to Tony. He's already he's he's canceled his season tickets. He's done. He, he wants nothing to do with it. Like and I don't I really don't blame him. When you spend that much money on these tickets, you go down there every night whenever they're playing. And then you get to the end of the season, the same shit happens. You're going to run the same thing back? Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's supposed to be happy about Joel or ha- like, you know, what, what, like what, his big thing is what changes are they possibly going to make that I'm going to be like, yeah, like can't wait to go back down there and see them again. Can't wait to get invested again. It's really hard yeah. sitting here today to imagine what they could do that you would actually be like all in again and believe in them again. I have a few things though. And that's our job here. That's our job here at the Hot Take Hot Box to kind of find the light in the darkness. And the first thing I think you have to do, I think you already mentioned it, Doc Rivers has to go. Scapegoat or not, he, he should have been fired after the Miami series last year, and he wasn't. He was given another chance, and the same thing essentially happened. Although this series, you really, you really can point to Joel Embiid and James Harden folding on you in that Game 7. But they should have never been in that game seven. He Doc should have done something about the offense in the end of that game six that would have won them that game or to call the timeout and go, hey, guys, uh, the ball isn't moving. Hey, Joel hasn't touched the ball. Something. He does really nothing. He makes really no difference. So he yeah. needs to go. Before we even talk about who the next coach is, I think we need to talk about the fact that James Harden can't come back next season. And I don't want him back because I know what he wants. I wants a long-term deal, and he wants money. And I don't want him. I don't know how you no. feel about that. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll ask I'm you. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm good. I, I don't I don't love a, a guy that a lot of fans are going to also clamor for. It's going to be Bradley Beal. I don't I don't think he's our, he's the solution. He's another guy who disappoints whenever the, the team needs him. Uh, this year he was severely outplayed by Kristaps Porzingis uh, many, many games. He's a fourth-quarter choke artist. He doesn't play defense, and he's injury-prone. I don't want I don't want any of that. That's not a recipe for winning. I like Bradley Beal. I used to really love Bradley Beal, but I think he's, you know, he's kind of hit a wall. Uh, no well, yeah, and that's the uh, guy what, that, um, John Wall. that uh, Joel was clamoring for, right, last year? Yeah, uh, I'm, whatever so whatever Joel be, wants, uh, I'm not doing it. I agree, 100%. I could not agree with um, that anymore. <laughs> um, I think the big, the, the big piece, it's going to t- it's gonna be impossible to pull off, I think, realistically, but... If Portland says, you know what, fine, give us Tyrese Maxey and here's Damian Lillard and give us a bunch of picks, that's the guy to go after for sure. That's a game changer. That's somebody who steps the fuck up. That's somebody who who doesn't, you know, sure, he has his deficiencies, but, you know, he, he does something that we haven't had somebody do in how long since AI. We haven't had a, you know, a ball-dominant guard who um, is just one of the best shot makers in the league, one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, I think he's probably – people talk about Curry range. What about Dame Lillard range? You know what I mean? Uh, he's just a dog, and he wants to win, and he's been stuck on, a, on his hometown team for so long that's kind of blinded him from what he should do. Uh, I think he's in his 30s, right? He's, he's not young. Um, <laughs> another name? <laughs> I, I, w- I would honestly sign up for it. I know you're going to – this is going to get a big <laughs> – I can't wait to see your reaction. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean <laughs> – Probably we probably know what's gonna happen, right? I just think I just wouldn't the, be against it. The uh, I think the <laughs> locker room uh, issue would be more of a problem than anything else. I think yeah. he would just 
this is that we need some serious stability in the locker room, and we need to get rid That's of these guys who are think that they're bigger than what's going on here. And, and I think like a guy like James Harden, he just we need to rid ourselves of this. We really do. Yeah. I feel like he brings the team down as an overall, uh, you know, uh, uh, just as a culture, everything. I don't really think you can build anything when you have a guy like that who thinks he runs the show when it should be the other way around. He doesn't – what coach has he had where he's really, like, sat and, like, listened to that guy and followed him step by step? Mike D'Antoni? And what did Mike D'Antoni Back when he do? was uh, – Basically let him run yeah. the show, right? I mean – Back in OKC, when he was the third fiddle behind KD and Russ, right when he was the sixth man, he kind of did his. He was a, he was a role player, but he was like a super role player, you know. That's when he, he was like at his best. Um, and even then, he disappointed, and he you know eventually led to that breaking up of that big three. Um, but after this, I, it looks like I see only George Niang is a free agent, right? Only his contract is up. Uh, I, could, I could have this wrong. I don't know what Harden's deal is. It looks like he's thirty five million next year. Tobias Harris yeah, Harden has a player, player option. option. Yeah, it's a player or option. That. So ideally, I think well, that's why it's blue. I, I think either sense. way, honestly, I think they're okay. If if he were to accept his player option, I think you still trade him. To uh, yeah. I think you could include Who's, him in in some please, sort of deal. Take him to Houston. No, like I, I, wants I to think, go back to the strip club so badly. I think you named it right. It, it if if Dame Lillard is available, I think that's basically the only guy that you really that could really. Uh, kind of get me back in. And not really to say, like, oh, they're going to win a championship, but I would be like, I believe that this team will be better. Like, that has more of a chance yeah. than it did the year before. And Absolutely. I, I, and unfortunately, I know a lot of you people out there are going to be upset. That involves trading Tyrese Maxey. I, I do think Tyrese Maxey would have to move. Uh, to, I think it would be a Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey sort of deal. I think Tobias Harris's contract is going to be somewhat of a uh, uh, not uh, like people are going to be salivating over it but it's now an expiring deal going into next season It'll, you'd have yeah. one more year of Tobias Harris and I think people would not be uh, uh, afraid to trade for this so say like the Damian Lillard like whoever's going to trade for Damian Lillard I don't really think you're going to get a ton of picks right like I don't think it, like uh, it's going to be one of the one of the playoff teams in, in the NBA that are looking to kind of add on to what they have, and th that pick is not going to be really worth much. We could toss some picks in there. Shout out to the St. Pete's Policeman Department out there. Uh, Dude, it's been hot lately. Somebody just got shot the other day a block over. There you Two go. Two people got shot. That's Valet driver. That's, that's unfortunate. Uh, rest in peace. But um, <laughs> No, he's fine. He's fine. Oh, he's good. All right. right. All right. Shout <laughs> the out shooter there. has not been caught. Yeah. So that's well, that's good. not good either. But uh, – <laughs> No, I, I really think like that Maxi Harris and something else like is going to have to ma be made happen too. I think they like that now that James Harden would probably be gone. We need somebody who could run the point and playmake because the big thing that I think Tyrese Maxi is missing is playmaking, and I don't know if he's yeah. ever really going to be a playmaker in that sense. So also like shooting off the dribble and you know uh, he has a nice little sidestep, more of a more than a step back, um, and he's he's definitely improved his shot making in general. I mean, he's got like less than thirty percent in college. But and even in high school he struggled. But he's not going to. I think he's he's going to keep improving a little bit. But he's not going to make any drastic um, changes to his game. He's not going to become a good defender ever, probably. Right? Um, he's never going to be a high flyer. He's never going to be somebody who's going to be your first, you know, uh, first option. Uh, he's fine. But I I see a lot of people saying, you know, a lot of people are are hot on Embiid, which they should be. A lot of people are hot on Harden. But they're giving him a break, and they're saying, you know, we should just trade everybody and build around Maxie. I'm like, all right. It's uh, delusional. 
let's not do that. Let's not build around Tyrese Maxey, who was the twenty whatever pick for a reason. Yeah, not yeah. It was a steal of a pick, but um, he's a good player. Ceiling, man. I, I don't like to. His like, ceiling is just him, so but... limited. Yeah. You know, and it's so obvious when when you watch him play. Uh, I mean, he's done this. I, I feel like he. It might be a coaching thing. Maybe Doc Rivers is like, hey, you do this. I see him take. Uh, a two for like try to take advantage of a two for one opportunity, and every time on the first shot, just a rush shot with like forty seconds, and he misses every time. I'm like, does this, is this like his thing? Does he just keep doing this for a reason? But I'm not gonna trash him too hard. I just don't. I I can't see building around him. You know, making him the guy. That's the next guy to build around. I think that's just uh, crazy. Right now, do you like? That's the the main conversation point should be. Do you really think that Tyrese Maxey could be the second best player? on, like, a championship-level team? And do you think he could help Joel? Like, do you think his skill set really helps Joel Embiid in the sense that you need somebody, like, you need somebody who can playmake, man. You really need somebody who can create shots for other people. And James Harden is, could do that sometimes, but we also need a guy who can score. The guy needs to be able yeah. to do both, and he can't. Uh, James Harden who, can't um, do both anymore. Who's the second-best player on the Celtics, would you say? Jalen Brown, Brown, right? Is Jalen Brown is Tyrese Maxey better than Jalen Brown? No. So there you go. I think um, we just need. I mean, also, it it seems like it's been impossible, but we have. To, there's got to be some way we can get like a semi decent backup big man, right? I mean, the Celtics have Robert Williams, who comes off the bench, young, knows his role, energizer bunny, athletic freak, defensive, uh, really good defensively, just gets in foul trouble. Um, that's a great backup big for Al Horford, who could even be like a backup big. For a team, but for them, he starts right. Yeah. So we have Montrez Harrell and Paul Reed. Uh, you know, we've never ever had a decent backup big behind Embiid. We honestly haven't really had a good big—not even only a big, just a really good like depth that these other teams have had when we've played against them. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench for yeah. the Celtics and shit like that. I'm like, well, we have uh, George Niang who's grabbing Jalen Brown's dick. In the corner, and then he trips him, and then you know that that that's our guy, that's our sixth man. Uh, you know, come on. So I mean, you're gonna lose guys like, you know, I I don't even know. I think it, it looks like Niang's gone. Shake Milton. I mean, do you really want? Do you care if Shake Milton no. is uh, you know Charlotte Hornet next go. year or something? Yeah. Uh, Jalen McDaniels. I'd like to see them give him, give him another chance. He's young and athletic. Yeah, he's not gonna make much money. Same thing with like Paul Reed. I would um, like to see Paul Reed back, just as a Mac uh, McClung. I'd like to see what he can do. Um, I yeah, saw, he could play the G League. I, I saw in the Facebook comments uh, somewhere. Facebook's Facebook's really good. When you get high, it's like <laughs> three, four a.m. and you're reading something. It doesn't matter what you know. So the algorithms on Facebook are so f- cooked. Like I'll see like eighteen <laughs> hours ago, two minutes just now, seven weeks. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but um, anytime there's, you just read the comments and it's like, <laughs> saw somebody say. I don't understand why they don't just. This was like uh, before the game was over. Like you should put Mac McClung in. He's going to show more heart than anybody else you got. And I lost my mind. I was like Mac, but we're clamoring for Mac McClung minutes. That's what we're doing. Yeah, but we're, we're a poverty franchise if we're doing um, something like that. So I mean, Embiid's uh, cap hit goes from thirty three to forty six. T- Tobias goes thirty seven, thirty nine. Uh, PJ just from ten to eleven. Uh, Daniel House has a player option. Not sure who uh, who decided to put in his contract that he gets to choose where he goes. Yeah, um, but that's a, that's that's a thing. PJ Tucker also has one in 2024-2025, um, and beat in 2026-2027. So uh, Maxi's small contract. That's I think why I agree with something you said in 
you would not be against trading him. I mean, you're going to – he – I don't think you have a choice. It's really not against him, but it's like it's yeah. not a bad thing he's, for him. But he, he his contract is so small, and he has three years of control, and he is going. To, I mean, teams are going to want that, right? I mean, their teams would would give up a first round pick for somebody like uh, you know, if Jaden Springer had more experience and played a little bit more, people would you know uh, be trading something for him. Yeah, a young controllable asset is is definitely important in this league. And speaking of Jaden Springer, I'd like to see him play much more next year. I don't know why. I mean, he he goes for forty in the G League every other game. Cool. I'd but, even throw him in a deal if that's what like if that sure. was a, the you know what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not holding like, on to him, but yeah, like you know, yeah. if he's gonna be on the roster, I'd like to see him actually well see play. what we can get. Um, so I think that that needs to happen. I'm looking at some of these free agents. Also, Damian Lillard goes from forty five to forty eight million next year, so we could do something with that. I mean, the best free agents out there are gonna be like Harden and Middleton and Kyrie and Westbrook, Porzingis, D'Lo. Uh, Draymond, Van Vliet, Barnes, Karis LeVert, Gary Trent, uh, Derrick Rose. You want to sign Derrick Rose? Um, I'm just trying to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what Daryl Morey's got up his sleeve. I don't know what he thinks. It seems like a lot. I feel like some of the sentiment in the Sixers front office will be like, you know what, we're we're, we're right there. We don't need to do too much. And I just really hope that's not that's not what they think. I I think they'll lose the fan base if that's the if that's the thinking. Truly, uh, I I think they have to understand how. Uh, like apathetic, everyone has become. And although a lot of people got back in here uh, this past season, I think now, I think especially if they bring back Harden and they try to run like it, I think the I, I think a big thing, even if they were to bring back Harden, as disgusting as it would be, I think if they were able to fire Doc Rivers and get somebody in here, I think people could, as stupid as it is, would start to believe like maybe you know maybe it was Doc. Maybe that maybe they'll have a better chance in a playoff series if they have a coach who can make some changes and and do this or do that. Now I ask you, who do you want to coach the team next year? No matter who's on the team. Um. Do you think is, a guy um, like Monty Williams is the answer? Probably not. I mean, he was with us as an assistant, right? And then we let him walk yeah. because we had was it Glenn? Was it Doc? Or no? Was that still with Brett Brown or um? I think he was uh, under Brett, and I think he left before we were able to fire Brett or something along those lines. I'm yeah. not sure, but um, but he's been fired multiple times just in general. So I feel like that you know, um, that should be a little evident that maybe he's just not that good. I don't know. Maybe you know, I don't want to blame him for the sun struggles also because they're a, a goddamn disaster. Um, uh, you know, maybe see what Sam Castell's got. I don't know who's he, a couple people just got fired. Who else just got is uh. I mean, did Mike Udoka find a place? Uh, Udoka is uh, coaching the Houston Rockets, so him and Harden will get along well. Yeah, uh, well, I'm good on Mike Budenholzer. I mean, the guy has a has a drinking problem, so um, Jesus. you know, not. I mean, who doesn't, right? But still, hey, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else. I know a couple guys just got fired. There's gonna be more names on the market. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure people are gonna claim uh, or clamor for. Um, I'm saying clamor. I don't know why. Word of the day. The old uh, Grizzlies coach, I forget his name, Bisdale. Uh, I think he's still around. Maybe yeah. uh, people try to, yeah. I don't know who's really out there. Also, I don't even know who's like a good guy. I thought Tyron Lue was like Nick one of the Nurse. worst coaches ever. People say he's good apparently now. Yeah, I, I you know, Nick Nurse owned us one series, right? I remember that. So, yeah, why not? Somebody different, please. Somebody younger, hopefully. Um, I wish we could find our, our Eric Spolstra, but we have uh, no no luck. No, and I think the the big thing is 
uh, we don't really have a uh, – I mean, our owner's there, but he's not really there, if uh, that makes sense. I think Monty was fi- uh, was hired uh, in the tw- at the end of the 2019 season, and Brett Brown was fired at the end of the 2020 season. So it was like a one-year overlap where Brett was out there by himself. Um, I can't believe we had Brett Brown that recently. <laughs> yeah, it so really cool. doesn't seem that long, but I mean that's that's Doc Rivers has been here for three consecutive meltdowns. Yeah, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, right, twenty one, which was the Hawks. Yeah, because he was here. With, he was begging Ben to do anything to help him out, and then he melts down against Miami, which uh, you know, uh, and I don't really. That was kind of just a disgusting series, but this. This Celtics series was just right there. Uh, I'm going to go through a few coaches that I really would like, and then I'm going to finish with the one I really want. Um, I would be okay with Monty. I don't. I don't think that that's really what what needs. I don't think he's. I think he's more of like a players like kind of like players coach, and I don't really think he's going to make the difference that we really need. I think Nick Nurse would be a good option because I think he's a really good X's and O's coach. And I think uh, him. I think him and Embiid would get along. I don't know how much I would like that, but I think he would just. I think he would keep the ship afloat, basically. Uh, Budenholzer, like you said, I don't. I've never really liked him. I never really thought he was a uh, great coach either way. And apparently, he's an alcoholic, like you just said. So uh, you know, I, I don't know that to be a fact. Uh, this is alleged, also, by the way, everyone. Uh, I would like to say that so that we don't. Uh, get, yeah. You know, anyone tries to come after us. But other than I that, do have a picture. Picture proof. I, well, that's that's also a good uh, little nugget of evidence. But <laughs> I, I re- and I think that this is going to be considered probably corny. But I want I want Jay Wright, man. I think they need somebody. Wow. Who will come in and a guy who has established a culture somewhere, who knows what needs to be done to win. And I think we just need an, a culture of toughness and a guy who has a system that has has worked. At the collegiate level, and you see some of these guys that he has, you know, had the honor of coaching who have gone on to the pros and become very solid. I mean, Jalen Brunson, no one thought he'd become the player that he is, but he, at the very least, Jay Wright is able to develop guards and turn them into just tough, tough players. I just think that the if you throw a boat money, a boatload of money at Jay Wright, ask him to come coach the Sixers, and get, you know, I mean, I, I, I think he would get along with everyone. I don't think he would be a guy that would come in here and would instantly start uh, butting heads with uh, a Joel Embiid or something like that. I really, I, I really think that would be the perfect guy to kind of uh, just, I don't know, put us on the right, on the right path, I guess. I, I, I mean, do you think that's a crazy thing? No, I, I'd be all for Jay Wright. I mean, look what he did it in college. I know there's sometimes there's not a high uh, – sometimes – there's just not, in general, a high success rate from college coaches to the NBA in football or basketball. But it's happened. I mean, look at Brad Stevens. You know, people didn't think Butler, uh, you know, uh, a guy who coached at Butler University could go into the NBA and do anything. And he was, he was successful for a time being. I don't even really know what he's up to now. I think he's in the front office, right? Front office or, uh, at Boston. Like that. He's the president so of basketball. Looks, he's yeah. what Daryl Morey is now. It looks like he uh, he's elevating. Uh, in his career, you know, John Calipari didn't work for him. It didn't work for Nick Saban. It didn't work for a lot of people, um, just in general. But I don't see why I couldn't work for Jay Wright. You know what I mean? Like, uh, do I want to just watch Doc Rivers coach again? Like, not really. Like, do I want to? Uh, you know, are we gonna go after Jason Kidd? Uh, no, <laughs> I'd much rather, much, much rather Jay Wright. So I like it. 
Yeah, I just I, I think that, that that would be like the 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 pinnacle of whatever they could they could create. Like that's just um it's just Who else the, we got on the hot board? I, I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's other than we gotta come out with one. Yeah, I don't I I really don't know. Like I, I what else could they really just pull like what rabbit could they pull out of the hat that's gonna make the this at, either way, like whether they add this guy or do like, I just think that they need an overall culture shift and a guy who, instead of the players running what's going on, he is the guy who can make an adjustment. Like Jay Wright seems to me like a guy who this isn't working. We can make an adjustment real quick. He can talk to Joel and be like, "Hey man, like we need to do like I need you to do this. I like we for the better of the team, for the better of you." Like I feel like he's always just been able to relate to these players. Even if it was on the collegiate level, it's not. He never seemed to me like a guy who wouldn't work in the pros. Like he was like uh, above these guys, or like I think that's the reason why a guy like a Coach K or even a Coach K has been good, you know, coaching the USA team. But I, I think me or you could have coached the USA team. Um, yeah. But like you had a guy like Calipari, he just always has this large ego, and it just seems like that's some of the things that would hold him back. Where I don't really think Jay Wright has that. I mean, this guy just walked away and at the at the height of his. Uh, basketball coaching career because he was just kind of like I don't really want you know I want to spend more time with my family I want I don't want to be on the road uh, recruiting all the time uh, I think coaching the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers in his in an area that he calls home now would be a the best way to get back into coaching because and they would drop a fat bag too absolutely one hundred percent and I think that you 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 should and you have to because what really what else can they do you really can't come in here and like Sam Cassell like last year would have been a good idea if like if James Harden's going to be out of here and i think that Sam Cassell would be more of the like a same voice it would like i think you need somebody in there to kind of drive Joel and really be not instead of Joel leading the show it needs to be somebody else you need a figurehead to lead the show lead the show and Greg Popovich. Yeah, like, it, like it, that would never happen. Was he seventy thousand years old? Uh, yeah, he's probably cooked uh, by now. Also, yeah, I don't. I, I, but they just they need a guy like that. And I think you know, I mean, how old's Jay Wright? I think he's sixty now. Bill Self, come on down. Bill Self, he coach Embiid. Jay Wright is sixty-one years old, born in Churchville, oh. Pennsylvania. And where the hell is that? I don't know. He's born on Christmas Eve, by the way. But um. Doc's like sixty years old himself, so like, yeah. yeah, it's not like age is an issue, you know. He walked away from Villanova after the Final Four, Sweet Sixteens. Like he's was always in the tournament. He always had success. He built Villanova into a national powerhouse, and you see, the second they leave, they miss the tournament. So yeah. it's Fuck like him. he has a big yeah. Like make no mistake, guys, this isn't uh, Matt the the diehard Villanova fan. I am the farthest thing from a diehard <laughs> Villanova fan. I just respect. <laughs> What that guy has been able to do, and I, I'm really just, uh, I'm really just kind of grasping at straws. We need. It makes sense. It's always made sense. It just, it, I guess he turned us down a couple times too, right? I think before Brett Brown or after Brett Brown. I think after Brett turned, Brown, maybe. Yeah, they, he turned they, us uh, down. But it was a different time, but, right? I mean, he was still much, at Nova. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years has changed. A lot has changed in a couple of years. So yeah, one million percent. I, I don't know. I mean, he was on TV. I love him as an analyst. I think he's. I mean, he's just, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant mind. He's a funny guy. He's a good dude. It seems like everybody everybody loves him. Every Bill Self. Uh, anytime he talks about Jay Wright, he goes on about. I think all of them do. Calipari, Coach K. You know, he's just he's one of those people. He's just one of those good basketball minds. Um, 
yeah, I'm all for that. I don't know if he has any interest on, on coming back. I, I don't know what the latest is. I don't know what, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with Doc. We have to get rid of him first. Uh, he said he anticipates being the coach next year, but he won't it's not up to him. Thank I God. can't. I'll, I'll be 100%. I won't watch them <laughs> because you're really just asking me to buy into something that is the definition of insanity. Yeah. There's there's no like there's really no way that they they could do it because uh, you're gonna be advertising a collapse again. Like, gonna, what know. are you selling to me at that point? Like, Ty, like Ty, yeah. try and sell Doc Wright or Doc Wright. Hey, wow, well, let's let's run that Doc Wright. I mean, like, a, a hybrid <laughs> of the hire two. Doc Wright. I hire Doc Wright. That's a great name, by the way. But <laughs> no, but like, let's try to sell Doc Rivers as as the coach next year. I mean, you're talking about oh, it, it should Jay Wright leave Villanova for the Sixers? This is ESPN in 2019. We're four years after yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I would sell you on him having another year, maybe uh, get him some uh, better fit at roster. I don't even know what roster would fit his coaching style because I don't know what his coaching style is. So, um, yeah, I think Jay, Jay Wright is definitely a uh, player's coach. He's an X and O's guy. Uh, he knows how to get the best out of you. Um, big games. He's shown up. I mean, he was out there dropping absolute nukes and bombing. Some of the things that those Villanova teams did to teams. I remember what they did to Oklahoma and Buddy Heald. That was insane. That was like a live mauling on TV. And then what they did to Kansas. Oh my goodness, I remember that. Uh, they they've beaten the top teams. You know, they've gotten the respect of everybody across the nation all because of him. All because I mean, he built that pretty much built that program. They don't even have a football. Oh, they do have a football team, but um, one though, yeah, right. Um, put them on the map, and for people like, I think it's kind of crazy to call them a blue blood or whatever kind of term or phrase or name you want to give to them. But it's all on his back. So I mean, there's really no reason. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. Th- I wouldn't think twice if he had any interest. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Give him whatever he wants, and. Uh, Injects some new life into this team. Fran Fraschilla says there's no chance he goes to the Sixers, uh, you know, because he loves his new life or something like that. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't believe anything that fucking Fran Fraschilla. <laughs> Fran Fraschilla. Let me let me let me tell you what Fran Fraschilla does. Anytime on ESPN or ESPN two, it's like 9 p.m. on a Monday. You're watching Big 12 basketball. He's hyping up somebody that's from Europe that doesn't even play. He's like, oh, this kid's only 16. Wait till he plays next year, and then he like transfers back home, and now he's selling. Uh, he, he's a butcher back home in Estonia, so it's like okay, you know. He kept calling Svima Kailuk uh, a future NBA star for like five years, just because he was young. But anyway, uh, keep going. Um, I I think I, I just think that there's enough where this guy I I I really have a tough time believing he's not going to want to be uh, a head coach again. And at least test himself in the at the pro level at some point, right? In I, Philly, like it just makes sense. It's, it seems like the again, perfect, I don't know the guy. Again, but same thing. It has to, it, you know, he's gonna have a chance to coach Joel Embiid, like, <laughs> and whoever else we have. And he's firing I mean, tweets yeah. off like, "We can do this, boys!" Like uh, before Game Seven, like believe in yourselves and all that. So I. I yeah, I don't he's know. ready. He's he's ready. He's ready for Doc to get fired. I think I'm more Throw hoping for it than anything else. But after that, I really, I, I guess Nick Nurse would be the uh, only guy that would really, uh, would excite me. I guess. So we've laid it out, ladies and gentlemen. We, you know, Joel's not going anywhere. I know we didn't really talk about that much, but I know there's a lot of people delusional saying blow it up 
and restart the process or whatever. You are, you're never going to get fair value for Joel Embiid. I, I want people to try to understand that. So if you trade him and you're like, why do we only get two second-round picks and uh, Will Barton or whatever you know disappointing return it would be? Obviously, it's a bit dramatic, but it's not going to be that good age. I guess he's not too old, but the injury that comes with the age and the possibility of how he's going to develop when he's older, I mean, he's probably just going to break. He's not going to last long. You, you have to imagine that Joel Embiid is not going to be scoring 30 a game uh, and putting deep on into uh, his 30s. deep. Yeah. Even in his mid 30s, you know, it's, it's really going to be tough for me to, to see that, especially if, you know, he hasn't even really had like a bad, like a really big or bad injury in a while. Right. He hasn't had something that puts him out for months or a season. Like, you know, what happens if that happens? I, and, and his game and his style of play doesn't, it doesn't seem like it'll age well. His defense is just going to get worse. Uh, very lack of day school as it is. And this whole, you know, he, he's a grown man. Uh, how old is Joel Embiid? Is he 28? He might be. I believe he's 29. I think he's going to be 30 very soon. Uh, that, that was, wow, yeah, he's 29. He's thir- uh, he just turned 29 in March. Okay. So um, he's not really he, – he has this level of immaturity still. That I kind of don't we didn't really, really talk about that too much. Yeah, I guess let's let's do that before we really get out of here. Like uh, some of the shit that he was the... doing after the game was just like really fucking disgusting, to be honest. I'm all for the trolling. You know, I'm all for him. Listen, if he wants to 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 be a um, you know, sometimes he's kind of a, a nuisance on the court. Right? He's such a big dude, and he's always like, you know, he, he's gotten to pushing matches with people before. He's always flopping on the floor. He does a little bit of flopping in general, uh, but he's always on the floor. He's always trolling and tweeting, and you know it, it's funny, right? It's it's cool, it's cute, but then after a while, it starts to not be, you know. Um, and you know, after the game, he's saying, you know, me and James can't do this by ourselves. It's like, bro, you guys just both did nothing. What do you mean by yourselves? We 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 the Sixers were playing without you two. It yeah. wasn't the other way around. Like it, it, the, the Harris Tucker absolute- and Maxi can't do it by themselves. They they need you guys to step the fuck up. The absolute just level of immaturity to, to not put any blame on yourself uh, at all, to not look yourself in the mirror and be like, I got to be better. Like, it's just crazy. And he's done this multiple years where he's like, I need help. I need help. I need more. Uh, somebody else has to play better. Uh, we have to play better as a team. But he, he's not, you know, he's not saying how, uh, you know, I shot five, four, uh, five of 18 from the field in game seven as a center, seven, one center. That's not. That's not something that you you know bring up post game. You just <laughs> to to put James Hard in that situation in that sentence saying, "Yo, we need help." Like, give me a goddamn break. And him like making the 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 joke with uh, the using the Giannis like la- like laughing while he's being like, "Oh well, the, you know, there's this is just this isn't a failure. It steps to success." And he's like, like chuckling no, no. and shit. It's like, bro, like. <laughs> I I don't I really don't get like what the humor is in this like I, and I didn't even really talk about this but this is truly how I felt and I tweeted this out last night uh, like after looking at a lot of the shit that he said after the game really didn't seem like this hurt him as much as uh, as it should have like how you know what Gianna, you know what Giannis has done he won a championship that's true he's won a championship that's all that needs to so, be said that's the end of that end so, of that sentence. So the, th- that's really all there needs to be said. You can't you can't just take his fuck first off. It just now you look like a dick rider. You're trying to copy something that Giannis did after when he got asked a dumb question. You haven't been asked a dumb question. You're getting asked fair questions. You're the one making excuses. He wasn't making excuses. He fucking went on a long rant about uh, about all that. You 
you're really going to tell the Philadelphia fans, like, no, this season wasn't a failure, guys. What, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're, Joel Embiid has been put on a pedestal by the city of Philadelphia. That will come crumbling down quickly. I oh, promise it's over you. now. He's getting. I promise you, dude. I I know you're you're probably not tapped into the uh, WIP or whatever's going on. He, <laughs> when I was driving to go get some coffee today, he was getting cooked. People were calling, and, and then anyone who called to defend him was getting cooked. Like it, it was, it was bad. Like it's people were the, calling and like, "Yo, that time. guy Eric who called earlier is a fucking moron." <laughs> like so what? Like and they would just go in on guys. I'm like, like rightfully so though. I mean, it's really like. It's disgust. It's just disgusting, man. Like, it, for you, for us to have your back through all the trials and tribulations and everything, and then when the biggest game of your career pops up and you lay an egg, it's okay. Like, but just act like you care, man. When you're smiling with Tatum after the game, even though that's your boy, not a good look. When you're smiling right. at the podium after making a, G- a Giannis joke that no Stupid one cares. Stupid joke that's not not funny. Yeah, like it, we don't need to see that. Joel Embiid won the MVP this season. And I really think he got what he needed out of this year. And then maybe he got what he needed out of his NBA career. Because you could he never take that like away he from him. He's vindicated. vindicated. Yeah. 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 He got Everything's justified. There's no more runner-ups. Even though, you know, I know nobody wants to hear it, but Jokic could have easily got that. I'm sure Giannis had a had an MVP case too. But, you know, maybe uh, MVP or Embiid could have got MVP last year. Either way, that's not what's important. And if that's what's most important to him, then, you know, sure, I get it. I want to win an MVP too. If I was a top athlete, that's exactly what I want to do. But, like, that's I also not, want to win a championship. That that, that yeah, would be the most important not, thing to me, especially after you won the MVP. It's like now I want, like, I I, I don't know, man. I, I can't understand literally the, the game. Of, like, he was, like, okay with how it went yesterday. Like, he was, like, basically, like, we played hard. Like, he was completely removed, like, delusioned. Like, he he had no idea really how bad that thing looked from watching it. Uh, he literally, uh, you would think like if Embiid gets, he literally gets the MVP trophy at home, and he's going to come out here and drop forty five, and he just played like she didn't even didn't even try, and then in game seven he doesn't try. Like there's no effort at all. I don't I don't want to hear hear anything about the injuries slowing him down. So it looks like he's just not trying because he's hurt. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. It looked like he wasn't trying because he was scared. Not, I, I hate that's the thing I can't ever scared of Al Horford. Yeah, he was scared of failure, and it's almost like that. That kind of the, the one of those guys that you're like on a team with, and he's like, if I don't try hard, then it won't make it won't look bad. But if I like don't like if I come up short, you know, like because I wasn't really trying. You know, if I was trying, then I would have like gone crazy, bro. But like you know, I wasn't really trying. It ain't, it ain't that serious. You're like, like after the game, he was saying shit like, well, you know. We, we, you know, we're fine. We're right there. You know, it wasn't meant to be. You know, things just didn't go our way. It's like, dude, you, you didn't make things happen. You didn't go in there and, and dominate like you should, like you're supposed to, like the seven-two fucking giant that you are. You didn't go down to the paint and say, "Yo, this is what we're doing." I'm standing down here. Someone else go set a pick up top. I don't give a fuck who it is. I'm standing down here, and if they want to play two man on me, then someone else is going to be in the corner and they can bang threes. I think, I just think that that he, and I, I have a feeling it's coming any you know any year now that he's going to ask out, and it could riddance if that if that's really the way he wants to go, because it, it'll besmirch everything he ever did here. Yeah, which is sad, but he won't um, be remembered the way Iverson was. If that that like that like oh, we talked no. about in the beginning of this podcast, you know what Iverson was all heart, right? All he, heart. 
sure. You know, how many times did we see Allen Iverson? I mean, in that year alone, um, when we went to the to the finals uh, against the Bucks, against uh, who the fuck else was it? The Pacers. Um, he had a lot of just ten of thirty, nine of twenty seven. But we won those games. He came up clutch at the end of games. He tried his five. I mean, he was he didn't really have a great supporting cast, right? Uh, who was the coach? Was it Mo Cheeks? Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Sorry, um, Mo Cheeks. He had a really good coach, but he didn't really have a good roster, right? Uh, and the, the East was loaded. I mean, you had the Reggie Miller Pacer, Reggie Miller Pacers, Ray Allen on the Bucks, like, and you Raptors, know he just the Vince Carter's Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors. Like, yep, that was the first teams. round. We won in seven. Almost lost that series. Um, and he just he he gave it his fucking all, right? And you know he had a he had a lot going on off the court that didn't really affect, um, you know what he did for the city. Um, pretty much rallying the city after I I don't think before him they were they were anything, right? They were that was like after the eighties where they were. I might be wrong. No, listen, they they won in eighty three. They had Barkley. They were a little bit competitive for some of those years. They made some playoffs, and they they but they were never really a championship right like contender. And then they were. I feel like the late nineties, whole nineties. Yeah, they were asked for the entire nineties. That's how they got the first pick, and I believe ninety six is when he got drafted. He he was the first overall pick. That's how they got that pick. Sean Bradley, you guys can probably uh, look him up and how much of a bust he was. Jerry Stackhouse. Which he wasn't really necessarily a bust, but didn't work out here. Didn't last. That's long. how they got all those guys because they were fucking atrocious. And then yeah. he comes in here and say what you want about the guy. No matter what happened, he always played hard. He always laid it all out there every single time, and that is all this city could ever ask for. No matter what, that guy came up short. He never won a championship, and he is revered and beloved in this city, and he always will be for that simple fact. And not to mention, like, like a guy like even like a Bryce Harper, that guy, whether he wins or doesn't, MVP or not, he will always be revered because not only did he choose to come here, he has played with and with like his hair is on fire at all times. And How about he, that the other day? That was awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he almost killed that guy. He's ready to fight a guy in a game in May, and his arm is like you know still, still recovering from fucking surgery. And he's like, dude, fuck you, man. Like come on over here. And and he's basically like, your whole organization's a bunch of losers. Why you you want to talk Fact. shit? Why are you hiding behind your whole team, bro? Like I'll beat the Fact. fuck. Like that's what and Philly that is stuck. all about, man. That, that's what I'm saying. Like that is yeah. what Philly is all about. And yeah, also, hitting 360, coming off of a quick, quick recovery from Tommy John, having a robotic arm is next level. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, man. And that's the, guy, that's the kind of shit that the people in this city will always respect and love, whether you come up short or not. Even a Jalen Hurts, you know, to name some of these other guys. Like, that's a guy who puts in the work, plays as hard as he can, hurt or not. He's out there, man, and he just gives yeah. it his all. And, and there's no excuses after With those game. guys, how they – how. Look how Jalen Hurts played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Look how um, Bryce Harper has played just his entire time here. Meanwhile, Embiid, you know, he's had those games where he's played hurt and he played well. And we're like, man, you know, you're, you're, you're battling through this and you're scoring 38 and 15 rebounds and you're diving for loose balls, you know. But now it just seems like he's he's now, I don't want to say checked out, but he's definitely content. Yeah. And I don't think there's any, any reason – for him to be content at all at this at this stage of his basketball playing career, he's twenty nine. Um, a year from now, he's going to be thirty, and then things start to you know really probably change. Um, whatever happened to him and make him like? What, when's the last time you really saw him like make post moves? 
like spinning off or doing this or up and unders. Like I feel like he doesn't do any of that anymore. Remember he had remember the, that when he came best, up, man, when he first started playing. Lajuan, they compared him to. Yeah, he doesn't I get that same that. Uh, that same space, I guess. But even then, like he relies too much on the 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 fadeaways and just the finesse. He plays way too finesse yeah. sometimes, and even like. Uh, Sunday when he in that game seven when he when he had Marcus Smart on him only one time did he go through him knock him to the floor and he landed on him and they got the foul or whatever but like that yeah. should have happened much more in that game they were triple teaming him at a certain point he was just but like he was getting the ball and he was getting one on one looks for for Smart and he was kind of like tentative and like trying to fade away from him and and like same thing with Horford like Horford like he wasn't being aggressive it just it just seemed like he didn't really want to be like him and James just really seemed like they didn't want to be there, especially James Harden. No, like once things no didn't excuse. go well, they were like, "I'm good. We're we're done. We're yeah. lost. Let's get out." And that of was here. even before things went like what were we down to at half fifty five fifty three yeah. or whatever it was. Like it wasn't even like doom or gloom. Like I I think I forget where was I at work. I was at work and somebody was like, "Hey man, it's the you know you couldn't ask for much more at half." And then the third quarter started. And it's like, okay, well, well now this is over. Like yeah. we didn't, we didn't even get a chance to get to the fourth and have like a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope. It was, uh, I mean, they, they again, like you said, man, just checked out completely. And there's, I, I, for that to be how you end a season is, it, it, it's so hard because now all fans have to sit on this the whole entirety of the off season is that we don't have a single pick in the 2023 draft. So, you know, whatever guy we take in the late twenties, we can't even pretend to get excited about that. There's not going to be any summer league intrigue for this team at all. All that's going to be is, you know, are we going to trade for Damian Lillard? Are we going to get a big star? What are we going to do? We got to switch it up. Embiid's lazy. Embiid doesn't care. Embiid doesn't give a fuck. If we see him, like, on Instagram or on Twitter trolling other players, that's going to be a big red flag. Like, <laughs> you're the last person to come at anybody after how you ended that season. So, it, it, this is a big this is a big offseason for him, man. He's, you know, get healthy. I, I mean, he's going to have to work on something. Basketball wise and conditioning wise, right? So yeah, I mean, it, but I, you know, it, it's not really about his natural talent. It's not like he has to go out there and you know. I, I would like, I would like to see him uh, become a better three point shooter. I mean, for a guy who wants to take a bunch of mid range jumpers and just uh, fadeaways and any kind of jumpers in general, uh, gets to the free throw line a lot. Great free throw shooter. He's never really been a, a great three point shooter. Uh, I said he was a great free throw shooter is what I meant, but. Um, maybe that, you know, obviously the ball handling is just, uh, you know, a, a disaster at times. You really shouldn't even, like, that's the thing where it's like, dude, like, stop maybe catching just, the ball at the three-point line, man, and trying to yeah. go to work from there. Like, it's not, that's... And then, when he gets ahead of steam, he kind of, you know, he's a freight train, and I would not want to be in front of him, but it's kind of easy to draw charges on him. It's happened so many times. He throws a lot of elbows. He gets very physical. He's very easy to also get in, to, to really bait. To either yeah, make a mistake, head. yeah, or to get in his head to make him want to just take a, a settle for a mid range jumper, a twenty foot, uh, twenty foot jumper, uh, with a hand s- slightly in the face, you know, after after uh, the Celtics just went on a ten zero run, and then he clanks that, and now it's a thirteen zero run, and now he's out of his head and he's not going to try on defense. Like these are things that keep happening, and man, <laughs> he's been here how long now? How many years? Has it been ten? Drafted in twenty fourteen. I mean, whew, like those ten years flew by. Yeah, nine. But like, it, it's do or die. 
it's coming to that point where like we we you know I understand he's given a lot his whole career, but this year, uh, it just the way he got he got his MVP and just checked out, and that that really is going to drive so many people wild, especially when they really you know take a step back and then take a take a better look at things and maybe go back and rewatch the game seven. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't realize how how much MB just didn't give a fuck, or when they you know some people who are kind of hiding and not trying to go on social media and read things. Next thing you know, they read. Or see his uh, post game interview. My roommate just texted me this morning and said, "I just uh, saw the post game interview yeah. from from Embiid blaming everybody. Pathetic." And I was like, "Yeah, it is. It's very pathetic." Um, That's all I felt know, like. Sure. I didn't check my phone until like ten thirty last night. Like I wanted nothing to do. Like after the game, I was just like, "I gotta check out." Like, yeah, it, it was one of those games where you're like, "I don't ever want to watch sports again." Like I, I am so like emotionally spent from just these guys breaking my heart over and over again that I don't like. I want to just start going to the plays, like when the Sixers are playing, or like go watch a theater, or, or like yeah, uh, go, I'll, I'll see, go the, see the fucking uh, exactly, like I, <laughs> anything but this. And I go on there last night, and I'm looking at everyone, you know, which understandably, like that's why I kind of stayed off because I was going to be like blow it up and all, like all that stuff. Yeah, I understand, I really do. Like you, you getting in your feelings and all that, and then some people defending them, and we need to take a step back and. There was a lot of like yeah. infighting going on. We had a on. great season. No, yeah, it's I don't like no, that. we didn't. Um, but th- th- then it's just you hear some of the shit that they were saying after the game. Like then James Harden's kind of like throwing Doc under the bus. Like oh, our relationship <laughs> is okay, and it's like yeah, there's no coach that's gonna make that guy want to play hard. There's no coach like no. it's the same thing with Joel. Like there's no coach that's gonna make him have dog in him. Even though I'm like cl- clamoring for Jay Wright. It's not really more. It's more about just. I think the team overall, the culture has been set by Joel and some of these other players. It needs to be coming from the top. We don't have an owner. Now, we have a an a wall uh, GM that doesn't really. He's worried about tweeting for fucking commanders. crypto and uh, fucking and the devils. No, what's Daryl Morey? What's the fucking uh, oh uh, all that the, shit that the he's China, uh, Taiwan or whatever happened? In yeah, China. yeah, but no, no. What what is the fucking the vid the digital art and shit like that that he's fucking oh, yeah, trying yeah. to fuck, get the fuck out of here, man? I mean the um whatever they're called. I can't I think of the fucking name of it. And somebody's probably sitting at home telling me what it is, but <laughs> um, damn, this is actually gonna bother me. It's it, it just is what it is, man. I am so NFT. NFT, non-fungible token. And that's all that guy's yeah. worried about. But uh, yeah. we leave this with you, basically, to say, although I, Damian Lillard is the only thing that can save this franchise, uh, Brad, I mean, maybe Bradley Beal wouldn't, wouldn't really save shit. It would just kind of be a new face uh, doing the same thing. They need a coach. They need to get rid they of They need Harris. to get rid of Tobias. Absolutely. He just, there's no, if, if John Lisk has to watch another game of Tobias Harris, I think he might have a heart attack. Like uh, I he, think... he is, he's been over him for quite some time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, he'll show up once in a while. Now at the point where like two points in 43 minutes in game six, please pack your shit and go somewhere else. And I think like I would even be okay if like Tobias was, uh, I've been, I begged for this last year. They need to turn Tobias into two or three players that could, that yeah. could help them. You know, like, well, I don't know who else who's going to want this guy. You know, his contract's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, so. and that's the thing. Like, but it's one one more. Like, if you're a Damian, if you're a guy or a team that has a Damian Lillard, and you're like, they're tanking basically. Like, they're they're in. That's what they're doing now. They have all these lower end contracts. They, they're going to need to get like rid of some of these guys and get some guys that they're ready to build around. What does Dame have? Four years left on his deal. 
I believe just uh, I just it looks like just next year. Really? I could be wrong, but I thought I thought he just signed was, something that uh, made him uh, have a longer longer term deal. But either way, I think people are going to want that Tobias Harris uh, contract just because it's expiring. It's finally at that point where it becomes somewhat of a trade token because people love those expiring contracts. We are a team that used to love those uh, expiring contracts. Yeah. Uh, he is, yeah, I believe he has a he has a player option that goes on till. Oh, I'm sorry. And then he signed a two year extension. That is, uh, he has a player option in twenty six, twenty seven. Interesting. So basically, you would have him under control for the next three or so years. I don't know if Portland right. or him would want to sit through that, right? I mean, no, it's time. You know, he's he signed an extension in, in, last year in the summer, a two-year, hundred and twenty-one million dollar extension. So at some point, he's going to be making sixty million dollars a year. Can't be traded until July, for what it's worth. But uh, and that's fine by no me, which I, I don't yeah. think we're not going anywhere. So like, we'll we'll yeah. we'll be fine by that, but. It just depends on like what, what what is like what he doesn't want. I, I can't imagine he wants to stay there anymore. I know he's been loyal and doesn't want to run from the grind or whatever, but they're not going anywhere. They're not winning anything. So if he wants to waste yeah. away there, then by all means. But really, that's the only thing that can. Uh, uh, the Sixers are in bad shape, man. Yeah, future's not looking bright. It's not looking bright right now. Uh, and honestly, yeah. I encourage anyone out there who's listening. Bring me a Embiid trade that you think I would accept. Truly, because I'm all you in for that. Straight up, I'm not it. Deal. I'm not. I'm not against any sort of deal that anyone wants to make for him. But I Anthony want Anthony Davis. For him. Straight no. up. Okay. Uh, well, Anthony no. Davis and Austin Reeves. Uh, still no. Mm. I'd rather get younger guys. And Jared than Vanderbilt. Guys. No. I'd rather I'd rather Damn. get like a some some players that could help us as opposed to like Carl like, Anthony Towns and Jada McDaniels, the better of the McDaniels no. brothers. Mm. No, I, I that's just kind of lateral as well. We'll just have a, a cat running around jacking threes up, and we'll stink too. Yeah. But well, at least you can make them. We're gonna be asked for the next couple years. Embiid for Lomelo, and the, their pick this year if it's Vic. Even if it's not, I would pro- I would probably consider doing something like that. Like I, I would like if you're trading Embiid, I want a young player that I can build around. Yeah. And like a package of things around that, you know, like like you said, like maybe a pick here or uh, yeah, I don't Brandon know. Miller and Cade Cunningham. Yeah, like so, like exactly. Like if you're really gonna do that, then I want like I'm not doing the process. We're not doing that again. Yeah. I, like when you the thing the reason they had to do the process is because they had no assets. We have Joel Embiid. We don't have to start from the ground floor. I would want would you, a, a foundation built before we were to even start doing something like that. Would you <laughs> this is we're doing hypotheticals, would you accept a trade that came across your desk, nine AM Memphis Grizzlies say, Do you want Ja and, and Jaron Jackson? Would for Joel Embiid? Yeah. Uh I would pro- I would consider that for sure. I would like I would like to keep Joel Embiid if I was getting Ja, just because I think they would uh they would they would be a nice little duo, but uh again John Desmond Bain, has, Jaron Jackson and more. For just now, just, like that I mean maybe, but yeah. I don't know. Like I don't want J- Jaron Jackson cuz he just kind of seems like uh, a a money pit. Uh, and yeah. he really 
I mean, we'd need some well, picks. We'd need a guy like that. But again, they they're gonna stink. I I, I don't think Desmond Bain what, is young enough to uh, really. Would you trade him to Portland in a in a Lillard deal? No. If we got more, Anthony Simons. Lillard and the other guy that jumps really high. I don't even know. Is Simons still there? We would just, yeah, Simons is still there. He's got a contract. Uh, Probably not. No, I would do that. The Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think other other deals, but yeah, that's ideally you don't want to just move him, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like everything's on the table, though. That That's the bad thing about what's going on here. They, they... Apparently the Suns would like James Harden, so. Yeah, but then, how are they going to do that? Yeah, I don't think they have anything. To, they gave up everything for uh, KD. Uh, if I'm the Sixers, I'm not. I'm not doing another sign and trade with somebody to help the, help them out. Yeah, we've already got burnt on those. Yeah. That Jimmy Butler one. Yeah, like I'm not doing that. Like I don't understand why we would do that. I'd rather you just Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson. What a deal! Like if you accept your player option, then the, I can trade you wherever the fuck I want. I'm not trading you to just Phoenix to get what Chris Paul. You know, like, it. Yeah, like, uh, like, what does that do for the Sixers? We need to worry about ourselves now. We have two years max, maybe three, to really just capitalize and maybe make this whole thing worth it. And I think, I don't really, like, I, last night when I was uh, going to bed, I thought the whole thing was dead. I woke up today, I feel a little bit better, because I, I, they're not completely cooked. They're on the way, but I, I, I just, I think that they're, it's just... The pipe dreams that I'm talking about. I I, really, I I do think. I mean, I think they could get Damian Lillard though, right? I don't think that that's all that crazy. I, Probably not, but you know. I just don't know I where don't know. else he's going to go. Yeah. Like who else? Is, who else in the NBA is going to trade for him? Lakers, maybe, but I, I don't. Like, I what think they're they probably give doing. They have some pieces to give up, but I think they look like they want to roll with these pieces. And even though, like, what piece in the NBA that someone's going to trade is bigger than Maxi? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe like a, if the Wolves were going to trade Anthony Edwards or something like that, and they're not going to do that, right? So it's yeah. I mean, maybe somebody in Cleveland they were to trade uh, Garland or or something like that. I, you know, I don't know. Shit, maybe Donovan Mitchell would be available. Uh, yeah, that's somebody with heart, <laughs> right? And he'll chuck it. Definitely not scared to shoot it. He won't play any defense. Yeah. I mean, James Harden didn't play any defense either, so. No, and Joel Embiid most most times doesn't play defense. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. Uh, I hope you got all your demons out while with us to just experience this. Any parting words for the people, Ty? Um, I'm not sure. I uh, I'm not sure I do. Rock chalk Jayhawk. Can't wait for basketball to start. There you go. We'll we'll be back. Uh, I'm sure there'll be news in the next coming weeks. We'll we'll be able to talk about a coach. Either way, we'll have a podcast talking about whether they decide to bring him back or not. And if they decide to bring him back, that will be the last podcast on the Hot Take Hot Box regarding the Sixers, more than likely, that I'll be involved in. I'll have two fucking random clowns come in here and uh, and record one for you people out there. But I'm not doing that anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hot Box. We'll be back with a Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast at some point. Uh, very soon, and uh, we thank you for joining us. Peace.